1: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the
2: brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play, powered by BlueBet. Gamble responsibly, call 1 800 858 858.
0: Do solar panels work in winter? Solar energy output in Australia throughout winter is surprisingly high in some cities. You can learn more about better solar energy at B Solar. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the First Serve, your home of tennis.
3: Hello and welcome, Brett Phillips with you again for another week covering the world of tennis and the invitation is always there to join me. one three hundred seven three six seven three six, 736 736 the number to call if you want to join in the tennis conversation tonight. You can put anything you like on the tennis agenda. You call, we will certainly put you on around our guests to come tonight. The Tennis Direct text also available, 0433 98 11 16 Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. They've got fast delivery, magnificent prices, free delivery on orders over $150. You can go to their website, tennisdirect.com.au right now. And, of course, First Serve listeners, as has been the case all year, if you punch in that promo code, first serve 10 you'll get a 10% discount. Now, speaking of Tennis Direct... They are giving away a Yonex V Core tennis racket valued at three hundred and fifty dollars to one lucky first serve listener through our social media channels. So all the details of how to win can be found at our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. Now an in Instagram, case uh, go to our Insta stories. All the details are there. Competition closes this Thursday, eleven fifty nine pm, and eligible for Australian residents. On the B Solar menu tonight, your calls, uh, Yuri. Polski from the Kazakh Tennis Federation. Emil Rusivori, Finland's number one. We're going to tell you about Tennis Marketer, helping tennis businesses right around the world. But it's been... Another week, and we kicked off with Emma Raducanu last week, another week in the life of this young British star. A hit with the Duchess of Cambridge in the last few days revealed that she has split with coach Andrew Richardson post her incredible US Open triumph, but still just soaking up being a major champion at just 18
0: it hasn't fully sunk in yet i think this is something that will sink in in a few weeks but uh, i had a few days off but i've been straight back to it i didn't actually get much time to really enjoy the moment and the win but um yeah i i love training and i love what i do so um, no complaints from me that's one thing that i hope that young kids or people can take from watching my matches is that uh, you know playing sport from a young age can give you so many things it gives you great opportunities but then the confidence that you gain as a young girl in particular um, in a very male dominant sport where there are a lot of boys at early years so um, i hope that many
4: people can get
3: so there she is, of course, uh, Emma Raducanu and a decision pending on whether she'll play Indian Wells next week, uh, also for Ash Barty. So uh, we await that news. I was sitting at home, I've got to say, around this time last night, hoping we could uh, start the show celebrating James Duckworth's maiden ATP title like John Millman did uh, 12 months ago in New sultan in Kazakhstan. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be for the 29-year-old going down to Korea's uh, Kwon Sunwoo, who won his first ATP 2 a title with a 7-6, 6-3 victory.
5: Difficult right now, pretty shattered. I, I imagine in a couple of days' time, uh, I, I got to look at it as, as, yeah, a positive week. I'd never made it past the semi-final before, and, you know, I beat, yeah, some really quality players throughout the week, played some, some great tennis. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be more positive in a, in a couple of days than what it is right now. Yeah, I felt I was probably the better player in that first set. I was oh, somehow... Managed to lose that set and then um, probably lost my legs a little bit in that second set because I was up to break early and then had a, got broken straight back and, and had a love 30 the next game. But yeah, first set percentage was, yeah, I just looked, it was like around 30% in the second set. I, I think all the, the matches I'd played the last couple of weeks and the, the travel and everything probably just took its toll a little bit and yeah, just, just sort of lost a bit of leg drive on, on serve, which, which hurt me.
3: The week on tour, thanks to Yonex celebrating 75 years performance product crafted in Japan. Check out their latest range at yonex.com. So just a bit of reflection on uh, Ducks. wasn't his best night last night, but the bigger picture has him at a career-high 56. He's won nine of his last 10 matches. He's had a very good year making the third round of Wimbledon, third round of two of the Masters 1000s. In this little stretch, Winston-Salem, uh, New York, where he had a, a ton of match points... And then, of course, to go and win the challenger was a good result in Istanbul. And the first set just got away from him last night. 6-3 leading in that first set tiebreaker and, and couldn't uh, get the front running. But he beat some good opponents this week. Kukushkin, Krajinovic, Melman, Ivashka. He's closing in on the top 50. He could have probably been there by now if a few things had have gone his way the last uh, few weeks. But if you think about the big picture of James Duckworth, he's always been a favourite of mine. I remember covering the Australian Open wildcard for so many years, going back 10, 11 years ago when he was 18, 19, back blocks of Melbourne Park. He was strong as an ox then. He had the defensive capabilities. He had the competitiveness. And it's been a real, a real journey. But he and Wayne Arthurs are forming a pretty good partnership. But outside the top 100 at the start of the year, we're now at 56. Hopefully the best is yet to come for James Duckworth. Uh shout-out, of course, for uh, Herbert Hukash of Poland. Uh, what a year he's had. He's gone from 35 to 12 in the world. He won in Mets in France on the weekend, uh, won the doubles as well, semi-final at Wimbledon. Uh, he's having a terrific year. Andy Murray, one of his scalps in the last week. So the top seed uh, got through to win uh, that particular tournament. And Holger of course, this young boy from Denmark who took on Djokovic in the second round of the US Open. He's closing in on the top 100. A really good week, uh, making the quarters up to 124 in the world. So uh, we certainly like what he is doing. Alex Dimonor uh, lost a tight one to Marcus Giron, the American, 7576. Not quite going the way for the demon. He has dropped down to 26. He's going to lose a few points over the next few weeks. one 300 You can weigh in. At any time, I want to get on to the Laver Cup, held the same weekend as golf's Ryder Cup. Now, the Ryder Cup has an incredible history. The Laver Cup is still in its infancy, and what it becomes, we'll have to wait and see. Was I watching every ball of the Labor Cup? No. Uh, it hasn't totally grabbed me. Uh, I certainly think, as you'll hear a little clip in a moment from Roger Federer and Andy Roddick, it is a very good production. Now, Tennis Australia... They've got a fair involvement. They've got a financial stake in it. Roger Federer and his management company have got a financial stake in it as well. It was a complete thrashing, uh, Europe beating uh, the World Team 14-1. to one. Uh, Six players from um, each team representative across the singles and doubles. Uh, looked fantastic at TD Garden there in Boston. Big crowds. Uh, the doubles got showcased um, better than what a normal tour event or even the slams uh, Certainly showcases uh, the doubles, but let's have a listen to Roger Federer and Andy Roddick, who uh, caught up at the uh, Labor Cup.
2: What's your first impressions of the place? It's it's fantastic. Uh, you know, I've, I've kind of been watching uh, like I like I watch most of my tennis from my living room couch, and kind of over the years, uh, I was just saying before, you guys have built a phenomenal platform. For the tv viewing experience for tennis so seeing you coach the younger players or rafa get all excited yeah. or the, kind of the new generation of players that interaction on kind of the benches I, kudos because I, I think you've kind of really packaged a team event but made for tv uh in in a, in a great way thank you thank you how, how do you think you would have been depends on the result I, I mean i'm looking at your teams what they would have been like 0809, 8 9 and i most likely would have been angry <laughs>
0: <laughs> no but I, I really think like if you follow here now this weekend as well i think the doubles comes in actually quite big and can create quite a lot of pressure on the singles guys too than having to deliver. Yeah. I think with a super breaker, margins are just
2: slimmer and especially indoors, there's always a chance. Even getting that win, if they can somehow sneak out a win today, mm-hmm. it can change the entire dynamic in the course of one match and one tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think it's gonna be a big day today. I also, I actually predicted 3-1 for the world yesterday in, <laughs> in, 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 in my little mind. And then it well, well, yeah. I mean, that just proves that you know nothing about tennis.
0: There you go, <laughs> We know nothing. <laughs> I was wrong. We're supposed to be the experts. Yeah, we're but,
3: not. No, no. no but
0: uh,
2: I'm looking forward to to the matches. Are we going to sit together? I think we are for a little bit. I, I, I'd like to. I, I want to. I'm actually looking forward to the opportunity. I don't think we've ever actually watched tennis together. No, So I kind of want to see what you're seeing versus what my dummy brain is thinking. <laughs>
1: well, let's find out.
3: Great to eavesdrop on uh, Roger and Andy just having uh, a chat. And I think I, I agree certainly with Roddick. It uh, is a great uh, TV production. Uh, Great to be able to listen to a Rafa or Roger over the years, just lean over the top of young Sasha's variable, Sitsi Pass with the words of advice and the legends of Beyond Borg and uh, also um, John McEnroe there. I think for me, the the disappointment is that it will never probably be here in Australia because of the timing. And we're honouring a great Australian in Rod Laver. Next year, it's going to be in London. Now, Rod Laver is revered around the world. So, uh, it's not for us to have, um, for you know, our benefit every year. But considering the TA's got a stake in it, uh, I don't know what the ex- exact financial dividends out of it are. We can ask more questions on that. Um, I'm sure it'll grow over time. Uh, the Ryder Cup's got history in golf, uh, just pandemonium every year uh, the Ryder Cup is held. But we'll wait and see what uh, lies ahead for the Labor Cup. Now, I've just had Alex on the text here O four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Re, Max Purcell. Nice little segue, Alex. So, Max played the challenger in Ohio today. He lost the final to Stefan Kozlov, the American 466264. Another really good week for Max, who's won a challenger, runner up, semi final Eastbourne, quarter final 250 at Winston salem where he went through to the round of 16. Improved his ranking from 238 to 180. Nathan Healy his coach, was on this very show on July 19. And the words of Nathan still ring in my ears of what Max can become. What What do you think he's capable of? Where does he go from here, do you think?
6: I rate Max. He's been a counterpuncher, but yep. now we've done a lot of work on really rounding his game yeah. and turning him into a complete player, which is moving forward to the net more, which I'd love to see. Just with a little cleanup of a few one percenters. Yeah, getting him all over the net. He has a, a wide wingspan. He's got very soft hands, great touch. Yeah, his returner serve is awesome. That can be turned into a bit more of a weapon. So I see him, honestly, with the complete package, you know, and all these details put together, plus all the play awake stuff where he's really uh, clear and, and with his between point routines yep. I honestly see him like top, top 20. Right. And, and then once you're in there, yeah. who cares? You know, why yep. not top 10?
3: There you go. Top 20. Why not top 10? And when Nathan says that, I'm a huge fan of Nathan Healy. I've worked a bit with Nathan. He's a really in-depth guy. He's got some great coaching uh, philosophies. And when I watch Max play, I can sort of see that. I can see the vision of what he can become. There's a lot to like about the Max Purcell game. Let's see where he goes. Uh, A young man who's Certainly doing it his way. Annette Contivate won in Strava in the Czech Republic on the weekend. Uh, second title in four weeks. Third career title to take out the WTA 500 over Maria Sakkari at Nuria Parizas-Diaz. Now, I can't say I'm right across her work, even though she is 30 years of age. There's a lot of players to keep an eye on in the world of tennis. But it just goes to show everyone's on a different journey. She is having her best year, and it's taken to the age of 30 for her to have her best year. 226 in the world to 73, 53 matches uh, she has won. I need to mention Lee 2. He's done it again. Five weeks on tour at the ITF 15K in Tunisia, jumping on the road with no ATP ranking. We've told the story of Lee 2. Three singles titles, 28 and 2 win loss, two doubles titles, 8 and 0. This was Lee 2. Talking to us about a month ago, August thirty on this show after he won his first singles title.
2: Got here two weeks ago. Spent the first week training, um, and then I was actually I was in pre qualifying to get into qualifying because I didn't have any points or or, or anything. So yeah, uh, I was in pre qualifying. Um, yeah, and then I got through qualifying and um, and main draw, and yeah, just really stoked. Honestly, I was just I was just keen to kind of. Just get settled in these first couple of weeks, um, and then just kind of get used to the conditions and everything. And I definitely went a lot further than I expected. I decided to take the plunge and just thought that the best thing for my tennis would be just to go overseas and get that experience. I thought that no matter what like your results was or anything, that I just had to go overseas and just get some experience, like just traveling overseas because playing ETRs is great. Um, however you kind of burst the same people, honestly. But it's good kind of, you know, going overseas, you're playing different people and you know, it's all very exciting. So it was definitely Time for
3: me to go overseas. Uh, And going overseas has paid great uh, dividends for Lee 2. We're on Lee 2 Watch on a weekly basis. He's there in Tunisia and he's building from scratch. But he just wins a lot of tennis matches. Last year... And also uh, this year. A little shout out, Ivana Popovich, doubles finalist at the ITF 25K in Texas. And Matthew Romios, William Marr, made the doubles final in Montenegro. They were runner-up there. Uh, powered by B. Solar. Let's look ahead to this week at On Tour. San Diego, ATP 250. Great win for Alex Bolt today, the lefty to beat the former World number no. 5 and two-time Grand Slam finalist uh, Kevin Anderson to qualify for the main draw. Piers and Polishek will play in the doubles. Uh, Sofia open in Bulgaria this week at 2.50. So Duckworth and Rusevori to play after, of course, playing in Kazakhstan in the last week. Alex Dimonor will have the first round by. John Millman will take on Mikhail Ima. Uh, Seville and JP Smith will play in the doubles. Kokanakis and Polmans will play Clay court Challengers in Europe. Uh, Arena Rodionova will play the 250 Astana Open. We'll talk more about that shortly. The Chicago Classic, Tom Yanovich, Inglis and Cabrera will be in the main draw. And Kim Clijsters is back again for another stint. COVID certainly halted the full comeback of uh, Kim Clijsters, but she's going to be back on tour playing in Chicago uh, this coming week. Another big week of tennis ahead. You can learn more about better solar energy, of course, at Be Solar. No more expensive electricity bills, trusted guaranteed savings and free yearly checkups. Talk with a B Solar advisor. Search for Be Solar or visit be.solar to learn more. Thefirstserve.com.au and right across our social channels, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, YouTube, where you can subscribe to our channel is where you'll get your tennis fix uh, daily. Plenty more to come on a big Monday night the first serve.
0: Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B Solar advisor. Visit V.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com the first serve
6: your home of tennis it was a little bit of a bumpy road with simona we've been together for about three and a half years now and and she's just a a great person off the court Uh, for those that know her and reason why she's one of the most popular winners is that she's much loved by everyone but she's had to do it the tough way Uh, she's not tall she's only five foot six and her story is an interesting one also coming from romania i just think People have been able to see the, the roller coaster ride that she's had. We, we've had a couple of clashes uh, for the world to see with the Encore Coaching with the WTA. So that's been something that people have paid a lot of attention to. Um, but my, mine has really been a learning process with her and also a teaching process, trying to help her through those periods when it hasn't gone exactly as planned and obviously always trying to keep improving her. And most of it has come from her. You know, it's about problem solving on the court when you get out there and trying to make it happen and dealing with the pressure. To win that Grand Slam tournament for her, I think it was just as much relief as it was elation and I'm really proud of her. She deserved it and she earned it.
3: Well, that was the voice of Darren kale on this very program. A few days after his charge, Simona Hellep won the 2018 French Open title. Sam Groth and I at the time were lucky enough to catch up with Darren and... The news, of course, in the last few days that the six-year player-coach partnership has ended—one that has been extremely successful. What's next for Darren Kale? He turns good players into champions. Maybe Emiratikano. Wait and see. Darren's back here. He's taken a bit of footy over the weekend, but uh, coaching player partnerships—some don't last very long. Some last uh, a long time, maybe a lifetime. Uh, that's a pretty good stint, six years. So one three hundred seven 736 I'll come back to a few of your texts, I promise, before the hour is out. But for the last week, we have seen the second instalment of the Astana Open for the men in Kazakhstan, an ATP 250. A big tick from everyone. The Women's Inaugural WTA 250 has been played this week. Right now, Kazakhstan is busy carving out its own pathway to becoming a tennis powerhouse. Kazakh Tennis Federation Vice President Yuri Polsky shared some insights with me.
1: A great honor for us to have uh, these events back to back, especially since our guys and girls are uh, doing great this year. We are in world group uh, in Davis Cup and Beijing King Cup, respectively. Rebike uh, and I fed well uh, during the Olympics, and we wanted to use this momentum to continue our success from last year and to add goals because it's fair.
3: Tell us about the, the evolution of tennis in Kazakhstan. So, there are some players certainly emerging on the WTA and the ATP tour, and it's hard to uh, take your eyes off a guy like Alexander. Bublik, who uh, is eye-catching every time he steps out on court. We've also got some juniors that are starting to, uh, to come through now. Just tell us about the, the building of tennis in your country.
1: Yeah, actually, we have a big tradition of tennis in our country since uh, last century. But it was mostly in one region, in Almaty, the southern part of Kazakhstan, a lot of play courts, uh, Soviet tradition. But later on, when the new president of the Federation came in 2007, uh, he initiated a new program and uh, new tennis centers were built uh, all over the country. And now we have uh, big uh, international tennis centers in every region. Uh, So it helps to uh, increase the dynamics and uh, increase participation as well. Uh, We have many uh, different projects uh, in order to boost competition between regions because uh, we have like five main regions who are very successful. Uh, but we want others to be competing with them and pushing them to the limit in order to increase the competition. Uh, it's difficult for us uh, and uh, you like in Australia understand that as well because we're not in Europe where it's easy to go and participate in many tournaments and uh, make a two three hour drive and uh, be at the new mm-hmm. tennis Europe tournament or juniors tournament. So that's why we need to build uh, our internal calendar, and we closely work with uh, other countries of the Central Asia in order to make sufficient uh, opportunities for the players. Since uh, last year, when they got ATP 250, we see a great boost overall uh, in confidence uh, of our players. Not only those who participated, and they actually fared well this year because uh, they all reached the main draw, and the Scat have even won against. Seppi, uh, which is a great result from our point of view. But basically, other kids uh, and the juniors uh, who are hitting ball well, they were also involved uh, like sparring partners with the players, and we saw how their results really improved uh, because of that experience they got uh, and understanding that they can be on the same court playing with good players someday.
3: And what's been the, the competition to tennis? You know, when kids are growing up in Kazakhstan and the sports that they've got to choose from, what what, what has been sort of the the main sporting choice of young How have you been able to make tennis eye-catching to get them in at a really young age and hopefully they they do stick and and make tennis their sport of choice?
1: Yeah, actually, it was a fused competition because soccer is very popular here, ice hockey, boxing, wrestling, weightlifting... Uh, track and field many others and initially in 2010 we were like uh, ranked number 15 among other sports uh, based on the popularity three years ago we were number four this year we are number three so basically you see the difference the main indicator for me is the kids going uh, around cities with the rackets <laughs> at their backs that's a big sign
3: one of the hardest things we find here in australia because our, our players are on the road for pretty much 10 months of the year unlike other domestic sports They're not here to, I suppose, have that close uh, integration with young kids who can maybe aspire to be an ATP or a WTA player. I mean, that's the challenge, isn't it, for tennis? Because it's played globally, you don't have your stars, so to speak, always in Kazakhstan where you can really utilize them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is why we really needed uh, these kind of tournaments to bring our main players uh, to compete here at home soil. Because uh, uh, before we had uh, a chance only during Davis Cup and Billie Jean King Cup uh, competitions, uh, and now uh, it's a completely different story. And uh, they stay here for a long period of time. They have uh, social activities, uh, and it really helps public to get closer to them uh, and for us also to promote tennis because we get more opportunities.
3: I noticed that uh, David Miley is involved uh, with the Federation. I interviewed David on the show 18 months, two years ago when he was going for the ITF uh, presidency, a man who's travelled far and wide, has worked in so many different countries and tennis is his uh, passion. Can you tell us a bit about his involvement?
1: Actually, I think that we're lucky that we got Dave in the team uh, because uh, he has a huge experience, well-respected around the world. Uh, And he brought uh, his experience and uh, structured approach uh, because he knows how to develop things, how to build the system. Uh, And also it's way easier now to communicate with other countries. We had our own like uh, developed uh, communication system uh, with the federations, but Dave also knows like uh, every executive in the world and he can call and talk to the coach or anybody. So it really helps. And he's a good team player. So I really enjoy working with him and... uh, The main focus now is the 10 and under program uh, because he initiated it uh, in ITF. He knows how to do it. And for us, in order to boost participation and competition as well, to give enough experience for kids uh, being uh, like young and before they join the national teams, uh, it's very important. And that's what we're trying to achieve.
3: And what's the overall philosophy of the federation? Because we often discuss on our show what the definition of success in tennis is. It's one of the hardest sports. To make it it's so competitive countries have grown and grown over the years around the world i mean you can be the 300th ranked player and you can be a pretty good player not certainly earning enough of an income out of the sport and that's a continued topic of discussion but playing tennis can also open up doors to stay in the game and be involved in the game. So how do you sort of try and look at that philosophically and, and balance that when you've got young kids who might be ambitious and their parents would love them to try and be a professional tennis player, but the reality is maybe only one or two will really make it to the top?
1: So basically our main two uh, things we try to follow is uh, the fairness of the sport. So there should be a fair structure and everybody should have a chance to progress uh, and uh, it should be clear pathway. And the other thing, the sport should be aff- affordable. So the first thing we did, we built the infrastructure and we dropped down the prices uh, to train quite a lot, you know, because uh, initially the price of the rent of one court was $50. Now mm. it's only from 5 to $7 maximum. Uh, and in order to train for a month for a kid, uh, the price starts from $50 a month. So it's a big difference now. Uh, the participation increased. We give them a lot of produce to compete because uh, federation hosts more than 200 uh, tournaments for 10 and under uh, competition circle, and also we have all the 100 national championships and all the 80 uh, international tournaments. So they have a chance to compete. We have a selection process where they can, uh, based on their results, uh, get into the national uh, team and get a special finance. Uh, And we want to give everybody enough space uh, and also to develop the coaches so they could feel the help from the Federation. And on the other hand, uh, as soon as uh, players progress, we give them uh, financial support. It's not like uh, salary contracts, uh, but basically it's a cover of the most important expenses like travel expense, coach uh, uh, salaries, uh, and uh, other things which are crucial for the development of the tennis player. And with this help, uh, really, our guys can progress and the feel that the uh, Federation is behind them, that we help them. Uh, and uh, we see that the results are coming and we will continue this
3: and you talked about how important it is to have these top level events which really can showcase tennis and inspire young kids and see their heroes up close in person what's the deal long term as the ATP and the WTA are are constantly working on their calendars going forward it has been tough through COVID you've certainly as a country filled a a, a terrific breach because of no tennis in China for example which has been an issue the last two years so do you expect that your ATP events? and now the new WTA event can stay long-term on the calendar?
1: Uh, Actually, that is our main and primary goal now because we built the momentum, we want to continue it. We're now in uh, advanced discussions with uh, several owners, all the licenses, because we want to purchase and have it. Uh, And uh, based on that, we will continue to host these events. We don't know the exact dates yet because, you know, the number of places is pretty limited. And the best uh, time uh, for us is after Australia or before Asians win because we are like in the middle between Europe and Asia so it would be very convenient for the players and we want it to be convenient for them so we are working on that Uh, at least we built the reputation there is no concerns from ATP or side that we can do it and also players got us a very positive feedback so we are okay with that and now we need just to find the right solution uh, to have these events further
3: we here in Australia we haven't travelled for so long I mean a lot of people around the world haven't travelled for so long but once we can jump on an aeroplane I need you to put your tourism head on for a moment and tell me why I'm going to come to Kazakhstan. Can you sell it for me to come for a visit?
1: Oh, actually it's a very interesting country for any tourist because uh, first of all it's a great tradition uh, and nomads, uh, like they started from here, all these Chinggis Khan uh, conquerors, uh, they came also close from us and like 70% of his warriors were actually from Kazakhstan. Uh, also, the geographical variety is uh, exceptional because uh, it's a huge country, uh, very diverse. Uh, let's say in North, we're like Siberia. In South, we are like uh, Uzbekistan and Tashkent. It's really hot out there. So there are a lot of uh, sightseeing. scenes. So like uh, we have a similar place to Grand Canyon in uh, U.S. Uh, it's a very yes. nice place. Uh, also, we have big mountains in Almaty and on the eastern part of the country, we have sea on the Western part. So there are a lot of things to watch. And also there is a modern architecture and uh, our country invested a lot in order to build the infrastructure for the tourism, uh, especially for the sports and cultural activities. So there are a lot of things to see and enjoy here. So you're we welcome, I guess.
3: Outstanding. Well, as soon as I can get on an aeroplane and get out of Australia, <laughs> I'll be coming back and jumping on, uh, on tour. I'll have to make the Astana Open, one of my uh, ports of call. Hey, really appreciate your time. Uh, look forward to seeing how tennis continues to blossom in your country because this is a sport where you look down the rankings and just about every country in the world is represented right now. So who knows? There might be a, a Grand Slam champion come out of Kazakhstan.
1: Yeah, thank you, Brett. Really appreciate it.
3: Uh, that is the voice of Yuri Polsky, the Vice President of the Kazakh Tennis Federation. And uh, right now, uh, they are hosting the WTA 250, the inaugural uh, women's event in their country. You can go shopping at Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store with fast delivery and great prices. Head to tennisdirect.com.au. Get that 10% discount. Use the promo code FIRSTSERV10. Better solar. Better batteries.
0: Better energy with B Solar. You'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B Solar advisor. Visit Solar to learn more. GLG Life Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis.
3: Welcome back to The First Serve. Brett Phillips with you on this Monday night. I'll we'll get to a bunch of your texts very shortly. one 736 736 to weigh in. Well, there are eight 22-year-old men Inside the ATP's top 100 rankings, led by Kaspar Ruud, Denis Shapovalov, Alex Dimonor, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, Mimio Kekmanovic, Alexey Popram, Karantin Mutet, and Finland's Emil Rusevori. Fourth year as a pro, ranked at 89 currently. He's been as high as 66. He's taken the scalps of Sasha Zverev, Gail Monfils, and Australian Open semi-finalists, Aslan Karadsev this year, which was just in the last few days in Kazakhstan. He's Finland's number one. The next best is 424 in the world. And when asked in another interview this year, he said that Melbourne was his favourite city in the world to visit. And that is where I started my chat with the Finn.
4: I mean, it's just the vibe is very, very nice. I, I like it. It's just a little too far. So once once a year is fine. <laughs> Can't really go that often. So Australian Open is a beautiful tournament. But just uh, there is something about the city that is very nice. Good restaurants. It's just uh, some things to see. It uh, feels more like home. There's more parks and stuff. And it's uh, you have a little bit of everything. So it's uh, very nice. I like the place.
3: Obviously, we've been following and, and tracking your career. And incrementally, you've been building your ranking and really submitting yourself in the top 100 in the last 12 months how do you see just the evolution of your game right now because sometimes in this sport you can be in a bit of a hurry and it's i suppose people around you're also saying this is a long journey and you've just got to mm-hmm. you've got to build it and put in the hard work
4: absolutely correct yeah like like you said i've been in the top 100 now for a little time and i think we've made some good uh, improvements now especially the us tour i mean i was able to make two semis and uh Pretty much every match I, I was there fighting and I always learned something, even though I got some tight losses of matches I maybe had in my hands. But then with my team, uh, we took the best out of it and learned and then I was able to use it in the next matches. But. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think I've improved in many many aspects and uh, shown in uh, in the results as well.
3: I mean, you've taken the scalp of of this year, that great win against Monfils at the Australian Open. So, when you look at your level, what's the, the glaring part that you think, okay, I need to absolutely get that to the next level because there's the technical side and then obviously the men's tour has just every year become even more physical, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Yeah.
4: yeah. I mean, the physical side is for sure that you can keep it up for the whole year. I mean, that's the main thing. I mean, play well one week. It doesn't really cut it. You have to uh, perform every week and, uh, week after week the year is uh, becoming very long I mean there will be a chance to play the home challenger finishes just before December so I mean we started basically the 2nd of January this year and so the year is very long I mean you have to keep it up and uh, but that's also something we've been working a lot just to bring it out week after week and uh, now it's been better mentally physically everything uh, you have to keep it up but yeah I mean that's one of the biggest things that you have to just keep improving that you can be there and get the wins and when you can
3: nomadic lifestyle of a tennis player? Has it come naturally for you just to sort of jump on play and go from country to country, tournament to tournament? Are you a person that misses home at times, family, just I suppose friends you've grown up with? I mean, getting that whole sort of balance right between being a, a professional sports person and just having a, a normal life, if you like.
4: I just feel like it's a... Uh now that I've been playing more these tournaments at this level it's just m- no more guys it's just a little bit more relaxed nothing is that new anymore and uh, it's just nicer to be at tournaments so that helps of course I and mean, you have to enjoy it otherwise it's very difficult to be there week after week. Longest trip now was the US one, uh, 7 weeks of course that's a long time You still travel and inside US a so there's so many flights. It has his pluses and minuses I would say but you have to get used to it and uh, of course it's very nice to go back, back to home and see if I'm my friends girlfriend i mean it's very important also to find the balance. But um, that's that's what this uh, profession is about. So you mm. better get used to it. Otherwise, it's very difficult.
3: Very true. Just speaking of home, I mean, obviously, Finland hasn't got a, a history of producing a long line of tennis players. Jarko Nieminen was terrific there for a long time. And Henry Continent played doubles with their very own John Pierce, Very successful uh, together. What sort of news do you make back in Finland? And how do you see just the, the tennis system there and developing you know, more future players?
4: Well, I hope there's gonna be. I mean, we don't have that many guys at the moment. Like when I go back, there's uh, not many to go. We have some co- guys in college, so when they come back, it's nice when you can practice with them. But now that I, if I go back, the the few there are, they might be in tournaments as well, so it's not 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 easy. But yeah, I hope in the future there might might be more more guys that want to play professional and try it and give it a try. Never know what happens. So I hope let's say even even if I can inspire some kids that they might try and have the will and let's say just the joy to play. It. Tennis. I. So I hope I can. I can do that, but yeah it's not not very big tennis country so but at least now there's we have Heliovara here in the same tournament mm-hmm. and the two other guys are in, in Europe now in in Sweden playing futures and then continents also playing doubles but yeah it's just you can count the guys who play at this level with one hand so it's not 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 too many
3: to see Medvedev breakthrough at the US you know it's very exciting past you have been inside the top 10 for a little while and then there's Felix and Shapovalov and, and others and, and you're coming in that sort of 22 23 age brand. Do you feel like now there's a real chance to to get more breakthroughs? Just the way the men's game is shaping. I mean, you did a preseason with Rafa, and we want to see you know Rafa come back. Hopefully, there's a little bit more of Roger and Novak. Still got a couple of or well, three, probably three or four years still still his yeah. best. It's a it's a fascinating time in men's tennis.
4: Yeah, well, I feel like it, well now we just got a new ransom champion, and he showed some pre. Pretty- <laughs> very high level tennis especially in the final Well, throughout the uh, he didn't lose what, one one set in the in the whole tournament or something so but yeah i feel like it's the level is so close at the moment uh, in especially in the well in every tournament of course grand slam is different like novak is at his best in with those best out of five matches but yeah i feel it's very close at the moment like uh, anybody could and there has been more breakthroughs. And, uh, yeah, so everybody's thinking more like, uh, yeah, why not me if, if somebody else did it? So, yeah, I think it's uh, a lot of guys that have the hunger to get deeper in the tournaments. And so that brings the, the level is very high.
3: On the Nadal, when you did train with him and spend some time with him, what, what were the biggest things you took out of a great experience to be around a guy who's been an absolute champion of air sport?
4: Last two years, we we went to Mallorca to his academic practice and uh, both times I was able to practice with him also so uh, the first time was of course more I was more nervous it was uh, something very new and he hits the ball so so hard from the first ball on Uh, so it's uh, a I would say that there is no one that you get uh, such a uh, experience. It's just a different kind of way that he approaches the practices and of uh, course how he plays. So it's, uh, say, Novak, it's, it's nicer. He hits the ball cleaner and uh, it's not as high the pace in the practice, but that's uh, something very, very different. So it's... But he's a great guy. Of course, in practice, he's so focused and everything, so you don't chat about anything else. With it. But it's uh, and he's a great guy, so it's uh, it was very very nice to get those experience, and hopefully, I get a few more.
3: Really appreciate the chat. Thank you. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. Emil Roussevori, a young man, we are keeping a very close eye on the next generation. They've arrived, and he is certainly part of that. At the age of 22, more to come on the first serve. Stick with us. Better solar,
0: better batteries, better energy. With B Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B Solar advisor. Visit B.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at GLGCorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis.
3: Welcome back to The First Serve. Kazakhstan are getting better. A lot of Russian influence. Uh, Thank you, Alex, on the text. The only way the Australian Open will be on is if they let all players um, to not quarantine. They have to get tested, but it's very difficult. If a player gets a negative result and can't play, it would be silly because they've travelled from across the country to get to Australia. Will quarantine be an issue for international players in December, similar to the Ashes? So all to play out in the next uh, few weeks. I mean, certainly we've mentioned on this show there will be some sort of biosecurity bubble uh, what they're trying to get the tick, certainly the tours, the government, Tennis Australia, is for the players to be able to uh, train, uh, compete and, and, and have some sort of free movement um, within that uh, biosecurity bubble. So it won't be strict lockdown in rooms, only let out for five hours. It'll be very different, but all that to come. Hope Max can make it to a Grand Slam quarterfinal. Max Purcell, we're on, we're on watch. He's coming. He's He's got some game, no doubt. And just on Nick Kyrgios, I understand because his mum is sick, he is coming home. That is true. That's Nick's words. And uh, he's talked about retirement as well. That is all the possibility. Uh, tennis Marketer is dedicated to helping tennis businesses around the world grow online. For only $295, get your website and social media pages professionally set up for you. You can go to Tennis Marketer. Check it out tonight. .com.au. The man behind it, Ryan Hanrahan, joins us in Sydney. Ryan, great to have you on the show.
7: Thanks, Brad, for having me on the show. Um, happy to join in and talk about what I do.
3: What is what is the need, Ryan, that you see in the tennis world at the moment, if you can succinctly tell us a bit about Tennis Marketer and and uh, and the gap that you think it can fill?
7: I feel like the need is focusing around the players more than anything else, and we just need to focus on probably... Growing the game from the grassroots, where we can just feed the sport and really get people playing from learning just how to play the sport into then playing rallies and points, nice and quickly, to grow the game naturally. Sure. So,
3: give us a, a bit of a feel of your vision of you know. I mentioned that obviously you can help tennis businesses, uh, you know, tennis clubs, businesses, coaches out there who have you know particularly done it tough through uh, the COVID period. What's what's the overall vision?
7: Well, the overall vision is really to kind of help coaches connect, uh, grow their businesses without worrying about all the admin and the marketing so they can just focus on the coaching and developing a team of coaches to grow their programs. That way they can just really enjoy and get the passion back into the sport.
3: Yeah, nice. So, What what, what are some of those examples? How are you actually sort of helping the coaches at the moment?
7: So helping them at the moment um, initially with uh, setting up their websites, to be tennis-specific, to really get on the top of the, the Google searches and um, things like that so they can get their sign-ups nice and easy, streamlined from the uh, you know searching where, where we can play tennis right onto the court nice and quickly and then into their social media pages like Facebook and Instagram where we can set up their pages to then naturally just educate the parents and anyone interested in tennis about the sport of tennis and what they do within their programs.
3: Pretty important, isn't it, Ryan? I mean that whole yeah, di- digi- that whole digital side now. I mean, really, being able to, you know, communicate effectively with people. That, that is the the way of modern times that we're in.
7: Yeah, that's definitely what the right the right way to go. So we just really got to um, probably use it to the best of our ability. And I feel like tennis is probably stuck a little bit in the eighties and the nineties. But now it's probably the time to really grasp and um, take a hold of the new. Um, way we advertise this naturally so we can get out there and, and enjoy the sport as a community again.
3: So if you want to learn more about uh, Tennis Marketer, I suggest you go on the website, check this out, marketer all one word, au. So uh, dedicated to helping tennis businesses around the world grow online. You can get your website, social media pages professionally uh, set up. Check it out. Just before I let you go, Ryan, you're up in Sydney. It's been very different conditions for tennis to Sydney, to Melbourne. We're hoping to find out in the next couple of days that tennis, once we get to that 80% uh, first dose, the tennis clubs and coaches can get back out on court. How's the situation up in Sydney?
7: Yeah, in Sydney, it's actually a little bit easier, uh, thankfully for us. So we've been able to do one-on-twos for the last uh, three months. We've been in lockdown now, so it's been been much better than what we've seen in Melbourne, so that's good. Um, It's been harder with the court hire because we have to kind of, drop the cost to get people out there because they're struggling. But, you know, overall, I couldn't really complain compared to the conditions in Melbourne.
3: Yeah, hopefully it'll uh, the next couple of days bring some uh, good news. Ryan, thank you. Uh, TennisMarketer.com.au, partnering with us here on the first serve, will uh, uh, no doubt continue to explore this in the next couple of months.
7: No, thanks, Brett.
3: Ryan Hanrahan, who's uh, the founder and uh, the creator of TennisMarketer.com.au. So if you coach, club, uh, go and check it out. Just on the text, if Nick uh, does retire, it'll be the biggest disappointment in tennis history. I genuinely hope at some stage he gets a genuine coach and pulls through it for him in Australian tennis. Uh, two rocks as it's come under on the text. It's it's not going to happen. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, it could happen in the next two years. He's, he has stated over the weekend, uh, within maybe the next five, doesn't feel like he's got any more to prove. The motivation level's... Are not there to grind week in week out, and I think reality's really started to creep in now of his because of his ranking uh, being at 95, about to slip outside the top 100. I mean, he could just sit there around 30, 40, 50 in the world and continue to get into the slams. That's going to become a much more difficult assignment. So he loves playing events like the, uh, the Labor Cup, but to grind it out on tour, it's, it's not going to happen as, as far as I'm concerned for, uh, for Nick Kyrgios, and that's OK if that's uh, what he wants to do. Uh, Melbourne's leading synthetic grass-court surface and construction specialist at ASTE, check out a u. Hit him beautifully if you get out on court here in Victoria this week.